Welcome to Big Blend Radio, where we celebrate variety and how it adds spice to quality of life. Hey, everyone. Uh, It is time to have our Big Blend Radio's Big Daily Blend show. (laughs) See, say that twice real fast, 10 times real fast, see how it goes. Uh, But you know, our first Sunday of the Big Daily Blend, we always get to chat with Johnny Schaefer. Johnny is an award-winning vocalist. He's a composer. Uh, We love Johnny. And he comes on every, you know, first Sunday to have fun with us about what are the holidays. But with Valentine's Day being part of February, and everyone looks at February as a month of love, I thought, gee, Johnny, I think we better start talking about love songs and ballads and all that beautiful music. And of course, uh, you know, love songs are not just for Valentine's Days. Let's not even talk about what about breakup songs. Sometimes the love songs are the breakup songs. Sometimes they end up being the wedding songs. Oh, we haven't covered that yet. Uh, but anyway, I want you to keep up with Johnny. Go to hearjohnny.com and that's Johnny with a Y. Uh, the link is in the show notes, but welcome back, Johnny. How are you? I'm doing great. Happy Sunday. Happy February. Nice yeah, to be with you February. again. Yeah. So love songs and ballads, not always the same, huh? You know? When I think well, about it. I, you know, uh, absolutely. Yeah, there's some really great, really up-tempo, fast love songs and, and ballads that have nothing to do with love. So uh, there's a there's an overlap for sure. But, you know, they can both was- be about all kinds of things. Yeah, there's some like ballads that have to do with historical figures. I was thinking about that. And then some of the ballads that like heavy metal, like Guns N' Roses, I think were writing to women a lot. Honestly, I think their yeah. music was geared towards that. And so they mm-hmm. did more ballads kind of than there's the love songs, but then there's like those happy love songs, you know, mm-hmm. sugar pie, honey pie, you know, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. all that kind of happy. <laughs> You know, you're going to put it, you know, skip in your step kind of, you know, and I think it goes yeah. to the stages of romance, you know, and then you get yeah. to the moment of bring out the shaft, you know. Oh, that sounds bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean, though, right? You know, it's like the Hey Baby yeah. music, too. You want mm-hmm. that. Like, so there's a different level. So tell me a little bit about your songwriting voyage um, in, in regards to songs about love. I mean, do you sit down and go, okay, I'm going to write about love, or does it just kind of come out, like, and be inspired well, by a feeling? It's really interesting because sometimes – my saddest songs have come out of really happy times in my life and, or vice versa. And, uh, I've thought about that. I, I write very, uh, kind of my, my best stuff comes like at three in the morning or four in the morning. Like I'll, I'll, I'll go to sleep thinking about something or I'll, I'll have thought about something during the day. And then I'll wake up in the middle of the night with this song in my head. So I, sneak out of the room so I don't wake up my husband or I, you know, I, I have a phone and I just type the lyrics in really quick on, on like a, a notepad, you know, on my phone. So I don't forget it. I have to do it right away, but I always, it's, um, I, I try to write, I guess I just write from things I'm thinking about. So sometimes I'm thinking about love and that can be romantic love or it can be other kinds of love. Um, or sometimes I'm, you know, it's, it's other subjects, but, um, I, I think it, it, you know, for me, songwriting comes from just my, the, the sum of my experiences and, 
my you know, when you're when you're writing it's a series of choices. That's why I think it's odd that with AI people think that computers can write about love because I don't that I don't think computers will be able to actually love and then have you know and then write about their emotions about it. But who knows? Maybe they'll be able to teach them. I don't. Know. I don't know. It doesn't. Yeah, this is how like it feels. Like, yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird mm-hmm. because everything doesn't even like the art. And we've talked about that on shows before about even looking at the art. Mm-hmm. You can tell it's like, yeah. you can tell when someone just, you know, put a filter on and there it is. It's just not yeah. the same. Mm-hmm. There's just not yeah. the, there's a warmth that comes with, well, unless you're a cold person, <laughs> you know, maybe you're going to put <laughs> some cold feeling on it. But yeah, yeah. you know, when, when we talk about love and music huh, goes so far, I think, I love this conversation about love songs and we'll get into some of your songs and some songs that you picked out and I picked out some too. And it's interesting. We actually picked a lot of the same musicians and singers, mm. different mm-hmm. songs though, which is interesting. Yeah. But um yeah. I, I feel like, you know, music is such a part of a life journey that, you know, love, it's like, I remember, you know, I, for those who don't know, yes, I had a brief stint of being married, very brief. And I mean, mm. really brief. <laughs> and mm-hmm. there was a song from R.E.M. And called Everybody Hurts. <laughs> that was our wedding song. Like, yes. hello, dumb. Yeah. You know, I mean, it said it right there. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. it was actually about not even necessarily the lyrics, though the lyrics and not necessarily a love song. You know, it's more of a ballad then, right? So mm-hmm, yeah. it was about the the sound and the tone of his voice. And Michael's voice is incredible, right? It just, he kind of just sings right to your soul. That it, yeah. that was it. I mean, we both, you know, loved that song so much, but it had nothing. I don't know why we chose that. It was just a thing that we both loved. Yeah. And so it yeah. had nothing to do with a, being a love song, but it was intimate. Mm-hmm. And we still yeah, didn't last. It's funny you bring up R.E.M. because I um, that song, I Can't Fight This Feeling Anymore, that mm-hmm. came out right when I was finally coming to terms with being gay. So, you know, it's not how the song was intended, but, you know, sometimes you apply, you know, art in different ways. And, and that song kind of uh, expressed, I was feeling at that point, like, I just can't fight this anymore. <laughs> right. You know, that's, that's yeah. really it. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it just goes with what connects with your psyche. And I, and I know I've talked about this on shows before too. Um, you know, past dear love of mine was our bass player in the band and you're not mm. supposed to date the band members, but we did. And we were very, <laughs> very tight. And he was like a son to mm-hmm. Nancy and, um, our lives we went in different directions out of our own personal pursuits of life and beliefs and even politics because i didn't even realize what you know was going on and then wow oopsie you know this wasn't going to change and yet we were very close and he, he got married and had kids but we were still close and he messaged me on facebook we kept kind of our distance out of respect for his wife and family and everything so we didn't you know we weren't we we had our naughty times but the day before mm-hmm. he died, he messaged me and his death was mm, a wow. very weird. Yeah, it was, but music, mm. literally I had to just turn everything off. And then I was mm-hmm. like, what do I mm. do? How do I cope without music? 
because everything yeah. we had dissected just about every song I know in the band, like mm-hmm. dissected it going, Oh, this is how this needs to sound or, you know, and so it really mm-hmm. killed me. And then it was a salvation and then everything was a love song. You know what I mean? I, I, it, sure. it's a weird thing, but I, he was a very deep soul in love and still will always be mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. heart person. You know, there's certain yeah. people in life with true love. It was true love, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah. All songs, it really didn't matter. There's just memories. And that's what I was saying about music, that it becomes part of that. So it's not necessarily a love song, is it? It's just about what connects and connects between two people. You know? Yeah, you know, I think love love encompasses many things. And there are things that that lead us to feel love for, you know, romantic love for someone that contribute to that and so you know in a way yeah I, I think there could be songs about something completely different that you know that we would see as a as our song or our love song or whatever you know that um because of of what they the feelings that they lead us to and they strengthen the relationship and you know it's something that we have in common maybe you know with another person and so that's that's one of the powerful things about music and you know why a lot of times people call music the universal language because it's mm-hmm. it it just it brings up so much in us. Yeah. It transcends. It does. Mhm. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. And it can set the scene for the mood like mm-hmm. the shaft. Bring Mr. Shaft out. We want the shaft, you know. Um I do love that. I mean that's sexy music. <laughs> I mean now we get into sexy oh, yeah. part, yeah. right? You know, you're going to have a, you know, it, you mm-hmm. go from the, it is interesting, the different stages of courting, court, mm-hmm. you know, dating, and then mm-hmm. courting is an old word, isn't it? That's old. We don't use that mm-hmm. very often, but I kind of like the whole courtship thing, though. I like that. Oh, yeah. For the animals, yeah. birds do it, you know. Um, yeah. They mm-hmm. show their feathers and do this dance. I mean, have you watched doves, how they act? I mean, it's a big deal, you know. Yeah, um, I haven't seen that. Yeah, you know, when we lived out in the desert, we'd we'd have the big, great white wing doves, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, they had their season, man. And when they wanted it, ooh, naughty boys. But then when they got together, they were just so like, okay, we're a couple now, you know, <laughs> and mm-hmm. the male would be pretty, you know, everywhere doing his thing with all kinds mm-hmm. of girls. But then there was mm-hmm. this moment where you'd see them together and it was like, wow. You know, and they talk about turtle mm-hmm. dove love and all of that. It's so cute. And it's like, wow, you see, <laughs> see with animals, you know, that, that courtship mm-hmm. happening and humans too. I mean, it's in teenage, mm-hmm. when you were in high school, didn't you're like, when you had feelings for someone, it was everything. Like you couldn't think about mm-hmm. anything else. Like, oh, yeah. Did, mu- yeah. did you have music when you were in high school that like, oh, I want to like, <laughs> this is the song, you know? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think, and even, you know, not even past high school. I mean, but in fact, like, um, my husband Paco and I, when we saw Moulin Rouge, that song, Come What May, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of became our song. And when we did our, our wedding announcement, he used that song in the, we did like a digital wedding announcement. And oh, cool. he used that song and did this really cute little thing that, you know, this kind of animated thing that, that, told everybody that we were getting married and invited people and it was kind of cool but that's, that, cool. that's 
that's been her song all these years. So, yeah. Oh, man, that's cool. Yeah. Well, he's such a fantastic videographer and, and filmmaker, not just a videographer, but yeah. all of it, right? He does. Yeah. 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 And you won awards. I'm really lucky for it. that way. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like all in the family. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it's like, hey, Papa, mm-hmm. I got this idea. <laughs> you know, let's go. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What were some of the songs when you were in high school that you would consider love songs? Like when you were like going to school. Hmm. Let me see. I'm not well, trying to date us all out here, but you know, <laughs> I, I was thinking. You know, what? Well, Fine Young Cannibals was a big deal, and. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. God, I, I hate to say this. Oh no, I shouldn't go against the per. No, no, there. No, yeah, I remember. Now I mm-hmm. like to find young cannibals. I did, uh-huh. I, and I do. I still, mm. I can't remember his name. Remember Terrence Trent Darby? He's changed his name yeah. too. <gasps> Has he? Ooh. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah. Talk about sex yeah. appeal. He was an amazing. <laughs> he's still, I mean, amazing to me. Terrence Trent Darby is like one of the most. Mm-hmm. Under, we should do a whole underrated musicians show. <laughs> Probably, um, yeah. But he, like, he has sex appeal. Okay. So wait, love songs and sex appeal go hand in hand. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of do. I like, think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So come on. Some of yours. <laughs> some well, of- I know, um, you know, I, I, we've talked about how I was a huge Melissa Manchester fan. <clears throat> and so, yeah. Coming from the rain was a song that really, I think that song, um, you know, talked about finding shelter in a, in a relationship. And so that song always has stuck out to me as a really beautiful love song. And it could, it's a love song in both a romantic way, but also just a general way because you can find shelter in non-romantic relationships too. And so I've always found that song to be really powerful um, mm-hmm. There was also a Barry Manilow song that I was just reminded of today that somewhere down the road where he kind of says, um, you know, I, I understand that right now our, our roads need to diverge, you know, because you need to go off and do something else. But somewhere down the road, we're going to get back together. And I, um, I was getting ready to leave to graduate from high school and go off into the world. And so that song kind of always... That had a lot of power for me at that time, you know, because um, mm. uh, sometimes, sometimes loving people means letting them go. Um, <clears throat> later yeah. on, Alanis Morissette came out with a song, um, You Owe Me Nothing in Return. And it's one of the most powerful songs about relationships that I've ever heard. It, there's so much psychology and really advanced thinking in that song to me. And it actually helped me during a period. There was a time... Paco and I have been together like over 20 years, but there was a period wow. where we were apart. And, um, and in that time, I did a lot of work about just letting him go. And that song informed me and it really helped me get through that because uh, she basically just says, you know, you can, you can love someone else. You can, you know, you can find yourself, you can do all these things. And I, you know, I give you permission. Um, you don't, and I just love you and you don't owe me anything. It's a, it's an incredible song. And mm. it, uh, I, I recommend it to anyone who is in that position where they're, where they need to let someone go. I once, um, this actually wasn't, uh, about Paco, but many years ago when I was real young, 
I, I had a crush on someone or no, no, I was in a relationship with someone, but it was clear that he didn't want to be in a relationship anymore. And, um, and a friend of mine said, you've got to let him go. Think of him as like a balloon and it's tugging and it wants to get away and you just have to let the balloon go and it'll float off and maybe someday it will come back, but maybe it won't. And if it, if it comes back, it's your balloon. And if it doesn't, it, it was never your balloon. And then very interestingly, this friend of mine died a couple of weeks later and I used to live on the 10th floor in Park La Brea and those towers at that time. And when I got the news that my friend died, I hung up the phone and I looked out the window and a balloon was floating outside. the window. Oh yeah. Is that weird? <laughs> That's what I was telling you about my friend yeah. when he, when he passed and he messaged mm-hmm. me right before he died. It was weird. Mm, and it yeah, was about a sunrise yeah. and we had a relationship wow. on sunrises and it was weird. Um, it's weird. Like, I, I believe those mm. things. It's interesting what you say about the balloon mm-hmm. and letting go because mm-hmm. it reminds me of Stevie Nicks. I mean, talk about ballads and love songs. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. She's the queen of that. And But remember her song, Landslide, which was about her coming yeah. to terms of her career, So it was it, which was a big mm-hmm. love for her, you know. Yeah. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, love isn't easy. And that's what makes no. it the biggest fodder of writing for songs. Songwriting, a majority mm-hmm. of it is love. Majority. Yeah. What do you think about 80% mm-hmm. of the songs are about love in some way? You know, it, it's, yeah. you know, even drama, loss, love, all of it, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. it's the biggest topic. And, 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 and a, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, that's why Paul, Paul McCartney had that thing, you know, you know, the, you know, talking about filling the world with silly love songs and, you know, what's wrong with that, you know, I mean, and the the Beatles wrote a lot about love. Yeah, they did. Carol King. Look at Carol King, Carly Mm -hmm. Simon. You know, Mm -hmm. I think about some of them, you know, some, some powerhouse vocalists, you know, you've got like Mm -hmm. Melissa Manchester, Bette Midler, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Celine Dion, you know, um, Mm -hmm. Mariah Carey. They were, just yes. huge. Oh, Whitney and, Houston, and, and the Ricky, greatest Ricky love Lee of Jones all. On another, was that? Oh. oh, yes, of course. Yeah, and I'll always love you. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never um, thought yeah, Willie Ricky, Nelson Ricky. wrote it. He didn't. It was her. Oh. It was Dolly. They said <laughs> uh, that. Yeah. He, yes. He covered it, but and Patsy Cline. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going off. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but Ricky Lee Jones, yeah. I know you. You've got her down for a lot. It's true. Ah. Yeah, she and I and there could be many more. I I think what's what's interesting about her, you know, the first time I heard her, I actually I didn't like her because at that time of my life, I, I was still in high school and I was learning how to sing properly, and so it was all about diction oh. writing choir, and and so I couldn't understand what she was saying, so I just dismissed her. I'm like, Ugh, I don't. Why do people like her? And then when I was in college, a roommate said, "Okay, look." sit down and listen to this song three times and read the lyrics. And it was her song, a lucky guy. And, and he goes, just read the lyrics while she's singing. And then if you don't like her after that, okay, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll let it go. But I just think you need to do that. And I did. And I totally got it. Like I was all, Mm -hmm. Oh man, like it's so, there's so much emotion here. And that's, that's why like, and, and it, it didn't bother me ever again that you have to look at the lyrics to understand what she's saying sometimes because it's just 
the feeling that she puts into it. So she's a, she's really, there's nothing like her. She's just got a unique sound. And, um, you know, she's just all, a lot of times she just says, well, I just happen to have this voice, you know, it's just the way it is. So, you know, it's, it's what I have to work with. And it, I, think, works, I feel like you know, she's well someone that just is sitting down and telling you a story, like you're a close friend at yeah. the table. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about her, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then you got to look at uh, Brandy Carlisle did the same thing about Joni Mitchell and you have Joni Mitchell on your list too. You and I have different songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a case of you because. Oh yes. Of when course. she did it yes. and the, and it's not on Spotify, the older, not the, like the newer version. Yeah. Like a lot this. of her stuff got pulled. Yeah. From yeah. Spotify. Oh, a while back. Yep. Which, mm. Well, I think it was probably, she was with Neil Young and all of that when they all pulled stuff. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. But she, she, that song was when she was older, right? And I love when you hear mm-hmm. these women who had such high pitched, you know, pretty angelic voices, mm-hmm. like mature, mm-hmm. like later in life, and they mm-hmm. go down a whole, you know, yeah. suddenly baritone, mm-hmm. you know, alto. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man, and she did it. I, I like Stevie Nicks yeah. better now, you know, like Bob Dylan, same thing, you know, yeah, I, I love Bob Dylan's been- voice now. You know? Oh yeah, that the whole youth-oriented thing. There's definitely something to be said for youthful energy and the youth, the the wide-eyed, youthful perspective on life. But it shouldn't be at the expense of appreciating the the life experience that older musicians bring to the table. I mean, just the you know, in the re- one of the reasons I chose both sides now was. You know, that album where Joni sang with the orchestra and, and you know, mm-hmm. came back to these songs decades later and it, it just added this whole new level to to those songs. And and Both Sides Now was used to perfection in the movie Love Actually in that scene with Emma Thompson, you know, where she just finds out that the present that she thought her husband had bought her for her, he gave to someone else and then, you know, she goes in the other room and she never says a word in that scene, but they're playing both sides now. And, and, and Emma Thompson goes through this whole litany of feelings and you get everything she's feeling without her ever saying a word. And, and part of the, the, the power of that scene is that song. And, and it's, it's one of my favorite movie scenes ever. And, uh, and then also it was used, it was used in the, opening of the Olympics, which on the YouTube link I sent you, it was the, the Vancouver Olympics in 20, 2000 something. I forget what, what year it was. Oh, but 2012, it was when they, yeah. Yeah, when they had the, uh, the Winter Olympics in Vancouver, and they had this, this kid doing it. It was about going through the prairies, and he was like, you know, they had him on wires, and he was like flying all over the stadium, and it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen on television. And again, part of what made it beautiful is that song, you know, just the way Joni Mitchell sings it and the, the, the years of experience that you hear in her voice. And then with the strings, you yeah. know, it, it's, oh, it's so beautiful. And what about, but yeah, okay, Case I know of You is, is amazing too. Case yeah. of You is like, you know, I could drink a Case of You and I'd still be on my feet, mm-hmm. you know. It's like yeah, that's where yeah. that's when endurance of love comes in, right? Uh, yeah. Everybody's mm-hmm. ups and down. That endurance. I mean, those lyrics. I mean, she was a hell of a lyricist. I mean, her words are <laughs> oh, just. Oh yeah. yeah. Bob Dylan. Yeah. Bob Dylan. Um, tangled up in blue. 
has to be. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and it's a love person. Every time I hear that, I have like a person, you know, that, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. ah, you know, what do you call it? Unrequited love. Yeah. Ah. Oh, mm-hmm. That's the worst. But, you know, <laughs> I think it keeps us younger, <laughs> you know, keeps a little spark of yeah. like, ooh, I wonder if. Mm-hmm. I came close to that mm-hmm. wonder if, and then it wasn't going to be, and it wasn't supposed to be, and I cried all the way home. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, no, we're not meant to be, but it, God, can we just be silly for a night? But anyway, <laughs> mm-hmm. not that I want to spill my guts <laughs> on Big Blend Radio here, but you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just, it was just, ah, oh, dude, really? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, the thing to me is when, you know, did you ever make, like, this is the person who made the best mixtapes and CDs and just was that. And you used, we used to make mixtapes for each other. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. was, I think, yep. one of the most romantic things you could do was make a mm-hmm. mixtape. Now we have playlists. Mm-hmm. I get it. But it's just not as cool as a mixtape. Yeah. Because you had to get, yeah. you had, I mean, that was work. That was effort. Night oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Did you make mixtapes? <laughs> Did you do it? Oh yeah. Oh, a lot of my friends and I used to send them to each send them to each other. Um, I don't. I don't remember specifically doing it. Like, well, yeah. Actually, actually I think someone I was dating, I did that with. Um, you know what? But a lot of my friends yeah. and I were doing, and you learn so much from people in the songs that they share with you. Yeah. I'm I'm going it's back. It's almost into, like here's here's a piece of my soul, you know. Like, yeah, exactly. What you that? care about, what you yeah. love, you know, yeah. or mm-hmm. that you know yeah. that they'll enjoy, even if you don't like it. You're like, do I really mm-hmm. have to put on it? Yeah, okay, I'll give it to them. You know, <laughs> you know. But yeah. that's the other mm-hmm. thing is, you know, at the beginning, everybody pretends to like each other's music, and then later it's like, I hate that. <laughs> I <don't> like it. <laughs> so you have to come. You have to be honest at some point. Now. <clears throat> Like there's no, there's <laughs> like, if, if it's not my thing, it's not my thing. And I, I've learned, I've grown up to go, it's not my cup of tea, <laughs> you know, go, go for it. If you're enjoying it, that's your thing. And I was just thinking now, fine young cannibals, like he came out earlier from high school. Now I think we had right said Fred came out and then we mm-hmm. had like sting and police were really big. Talking heads were big, yeah. Pink Floyd, oh, yeah. all of that. And Richard Marks. That's who I was yeah. thinking of earlier. Yeah. Richard Marks yeah. was the big, you know, at the high school dance. If, you know, someone mm-hmm. was going to get a little too close, it was going to be with a Richard Marks song. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. No offense mm-hmm. to Richard Marks. But, and then we had uh Brian Adams, too, was a big deal. That was, mm-hmm. it was a big deal back yeah. in the day. But that was early yeah. high school, I'm going to think. I think I was yeah. like 15. 14 or 15. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, we, but, but go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, when you talk about, uh, you know, not liking people's music, I, I years ago started asking people what it was they liked about things. And then they would, ex- they would explain it to me. And sometimes it actually helped me appreciate the song. Maybe I still, it wasn't my favorite, but I, I would appreciate through their eyes or their ears, what, mm. what it was that, you know, made them like it. And, and I understood it better. Cause a lot of times when I don't like music, I don't really understand it or I can't relate to it. And so by them telling me why they relate to it, it, it helps me 
see it a different way. Or well, hear yeah, a way. I mean, it's 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 true. Like if you, especially like some songs, like some music is really heavy, like heavy jazz mm-hmm. and stuff, right? If you, yeah, like, mm-hmm. you know, start at Herbie Hancock to go to Miles Davis, maybe you know, you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Start with at a like if someone likes someone like hip hop, right? If you don't know about hip hop mm-hmm. and you can't quite get into it, and yeah, you have a friend. Well, maybe start with something a little easier, like Michael Fronty or something, to get you started. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's always like a a bridge, a musician that bridges the gaps. Um, mm-hmm. to and then you either like it or not, but at least appreciate it. Like to me, that's where I'm at. I like, I mm-hmm. even if it's not my mm-hmm. thing, it's like appreciating and listening, and and you can tell yeah. when the musician or the performers or both songwriters are all in, or if it's just another do something for the label stuff, you know, you know what I mean? That, that you can tell the difference. You can tell when Mm -hmm. it's well-crafted and cared for versus I'm just throwing it out there. That stuff makes Mm -hmm. me mad and you can tell. And then Mm -hmm. some people like it, you know, there's some songs I go, Mm -hmm. why? But then it still works. A lot of one-hit wonders. Walking on sunshine, like that. Mm-hmm. That song will never die. That song will never right. ever die. Ninety-nine red balloons. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there's, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with them. But it's still a little too like poppy for me. But then at the same time, <laughs> like I can sing every word mm-hmm. to them. Bananarama, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about Carol King? Can we talk about Carol King? Being one of the oh, yeah. best songwriters on the planet, right? Oh, yeah. And, yep, yeah. Yep. and even I feel the Earth yeah. move—that's pretty good for a love song. But really, mm-hmm. it's true. Love songs just sometimes become a love song because it's an intimate moment between two people or a shared experience mm-hmm. that becomes part mm-hmm. of your memory, your scrapbook. You know, when it, um, it, 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 you know, you're, you're wanting to you're wanting to express these feelings that you have. And so a song does it for you. And so it, it's a way of, yes, that's what I'm trying to say, you know, and, it, and it's, and, and it's a way to help you share with the other person what you're feeling about mm-hmm. them. Well, uh, go back to like my very first love, like high school, like proper, like a, like seven, six, 17 years old, proper, proper. Right. Mm-hmm. I say proper. Cause like you're a, a little bit older age at that point. And, and at that point I was, you know, starting to work and all that. And I've always mm-hmm. been working, but you know, my first, you know, we I had boyfriends, but like, you know what I mean? That was just younger, silly stuff. And now that became the serious one. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and in South Africa, they go away to the military, like drafted. As soon as they finish high school, guys are drafted for two years or you go to college mm-hmm. and then yep. they get you yep. later. And mm-hmm. anyway, my yeah. boyfriend at the time. So when you think of love songs between us, it was all Peter Tosh and Bob Marley, <laughs> Bonta Bonta. <laughs> and it was all reggae, mm-hmm. right? Because he introduced yeah. me more into that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So it had, there was definitely, oh, come on, Bob Marley and love. He sang a lot about love. And so love songs mm-hmm. are not always just about romance. Their love songs are about like collective love community mm-hmm. oh yeah for sure yep yeah yep you know all you need is love you know um and oh, yeah. uh, the Beatles. uh love is all around 
Mm-hmm. And and uh, yeah, some of the big, some of the biggest ballads of you know have been about love in a big way. Yeah. Um, and there's those power ones. Uh, Come on, mm-hmm. like you know, let's go to the Guns and Roses. Oh, what about what's is it? Brett Michaels. <laughs> Every rose has its thorn. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's a remind- <laughs> Oh, what about any Lennox? Come on. Oh yeah. yeah. Share. Now I'm going like there's mm-hmm. a lot of women, but guys wrote some really like uh, Sting. Mm-hmm. You have Sting on here. Um, you said "Be yes. Still My Beating Heart." That's a good song. Yes. And mm-hmm. but I have Fields of Gold. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. That's from that mm-hmm. same period. I think he that there was something special going on during that period for me with him. He just he really he dug deep, and you know, was those songs were really phenomenal. You have Peter Gabriel. I didn't expect that for love songs, but in your <laughs> eyes, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, um, well, that has one of my all-time favorite lines uh, where he says, "I see the doorway to a thousand churches." That mm. that line just really. I, I've always when I the first time I heard that, I was like, "Wow!" That talk about saying a lot with a very few words. Um, mm. For me, that. But uh, I don't know. It's just a brilliant line. Peter Gabriel is like crazy cool, though, man. I mean, you think about <laughs> yeah. it. Salisbury Hill. I mm-hmm. still can't get past it. There's just oh, yeah. I will never get. Mm-hmm. And then when he rides his bicycle and you watch the videos, right? But like just even mm-hmm. the beginning of it, and just there's yeah. something to that that no one can. I don't think you can ever replicate it. It is just his sound. Mm-hmm. He did this. Mm-hmm. And then when yeah. videos came out, he was like one of, I think was one of the first. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Just come yeah, his, on. His videos Peter. are many, many of my favorite videos are his videos. Yeah. Now I can't get rid of Salisbury Hill in my head. It's already playing. As soon as he put that, <laughs> I read that list, your list. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can hear it in your eyes and it's there, but like Salisbury mm-hmm. Hill just keeps butting it out the way. I'm sorry. So it's like a love affair with certain, what about love affairs with music? Like there's, the earworm, oh, right? Yeah. There's mm-hmm. certain ones that you just become enamored with it. Like a song just is something that is precious, love you love, and it just be- mm-hmm. you have like a weird romance with a song. A- an individual does. It's weird, but oh, it's yeah. true. Well, they, I have songs that I go to uh-huh. all the time just mm-hmm. to oh yeah recenter. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, oh. completely. Yeah, they um they you know they talk about music being the soundtrack of your life. And, and so certain songs take me right back to a certain moment in my life or a certain person or situation. And, and yeah, like the one, um, you owe me nothing in return that I was talking about. That song has just taught me so much in in relationships, not, not just romantic, but just in letting things go in general of of that idea of just not being attached to outcomes and just letting things be and, and giving, uh, you know, giving, giving into the notion that, that it's, things are going to be what they're going to be. And I'm okay with that. And mm. that's really good. Now in excess, never tear us apart. Oh, yeah. I have to put that on there. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. and then mystified. Mm. Then. Mm-hmm. Simply read. That was that like I think in excess simply read all they they were all mm-hmm. in my high school jo- ears in and uh U2's mm-hmm. Joshua Tree came out when I was 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's more mm, my yeah. style at that time. Um, mm-hmm. And they have love songs. I mean, Simply Red, and I figured it out. I kept telling Nancy, why is it that I like these certain musicians? What was it? Because I'm not like, that's not necessarily, like I'm into blues and that's really who mm-hmm. I am, you know? And then mm-hmm. I looked and listened and I realized they're all blues singers, but with pop. Mm-hmm. They took blues mm-hmm. into a pop setting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. interestingly weird, like when I started dissecting like Ben Morrison into the mystic, dude, come on, we mm-hmm. can't beat that song. That's one of the best on the mm-hmm. planet. But mm-hmm. that's blues. It's still mm-hmm. blues. There's a whale in it, even though it's white, it's blues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And Simply <laughs> Red did play with B.B. King. So do you, did you ever yeah. listen to mm-hmm. Simply Red? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. man! Mm-hmm. Now, now, I'm, why? But we we have stuff today. I keep going backwards. What you know, love was past that in my life, <laughs> past that time. You know, when we think about <laughs> songs, you know, there are. What about mm-hmm. musicians today? Melissa Manchester, you were talking about her. She's got a new album, like new song out, right? Right now, she does, and it, it's actually it's it's reimagining an old song which she hasn't. Um, this is her 50th year in the music industry and she's like a lot of artists. She's going back and re-recording some of her songs because, you know, she doesn't own the rights to them. So when they're used in movies and things like that, she doesn't get anything for it. And, uh, not only that, but just sort of a way of celebrating those songs and, you know, that time of her life. So it, it was a way of reconnecting, um, not only herself, but her fans to those songs as well. And I used to, she has this song, Just Too Many People, um, that uh, it was one of my favorite songs, which was when I was a kid, I can clearly remember laying on my bedroom floor, and you know, next to my record player, and I would play it, and then I'd move the needle back and put it on that song again, like, dozens of times. Um, that song is about, you know, loneliness in a crowded world, you know, like, there's people all around, and yet you're lonely, and, and, and getting past that and coming together. And uh, she, we re-recorded Whenever I Call You Friend. Um, that mm-hmm. I got to, I was associate producer on that track. And then Kenny Loggins came in and Dave Cause played sax. And then she says, she says, I'm going to do uh, just too many people. Do you want to come in, you know, on that? And just to be able to, to, kind of uh, talk through and be in the room when she was reimagining that song. It's faster now. Um, and I think it really has a contemporary feel. And yet it also harkens back to the original. I think we've found a really nice balance for that. And <clears throat> she, uh, you know, I just read a statistic that 60% of Americans report feeling lonely. And despite all the technology we have, all the ways that theoretically, you know, you shouldn't feel lonely and yet more and more people than ever feel lonely. Mm-hmm. And it's because a lot of this technology is cutting us off from each other. Mm-hmm. And so that song, I think, has a really powerful message about reconnecting with each other and coming together to, you know, to bring back more love and, and connection. And, and she also was on your song, You Can't Hide the Light. And I love that song. I love that song. That's, I Thank think you, 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 yeah, write that's... So, you write a lot of inspirational music, which is good for the soul. Because sometimes you have to recenter yourself for 
romance or love and and to be able to give of yourself you have to be centered yourself sometimes and sometimes giving recenters you but music it, it's like a calming and that that's the other thing as much as you want to share music with people and you share these experiences but sometimes music is your own personal thing it's part of your own soundtrack of who you are and you may yeah, that- you know what I mean? That's one of those songs. I yeah. Think. That song, um, you know, it, it's about barriers in relationships and overcoming them. And I, she, when she was on the show, she talked about her, her initial reaction to the opening lyric of that song, which is, you know, um, the thing about barbed wire is that you can see right through it. And her, her only initial question to me was are you sure you want to use barbed wire because it's such a you know she goes it really brings up a lot for me and I said well actually yeah because the thing is that sometimes these barriers between us seem so insurmountable and so if you're using a a barbed wire as an analogy for for an, an obstacle in a relationship then if you have the right tools you can get past barriers and so with barbed wire you can just cut right through it and it's gone Mm-hmm. And and so that that was why even though it, it's so dangerous and it seems so ominous, um, there there is a way through it. And uh, actually, Lennis Morissette has a song, "The Only Way Out Is Through," and that's a really big mm-hmm. theme for me because you know you 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 can't go around things; you have to push through them and work through them. And so that's what I was trying to convey with that song. Um, and I, you know, we brought in the dancers, and they they so beautifully for the music video conveyed that, you know, what I was trying to bring across that, you know, you can see the light in each other and that can pull you through to get you past whatever barriers are between you. Mm-mm. But yeah, I was really happy how that song was received. Yeah, you know? I love it. I love it. And you also have on your list, um, Don't You Dare by Jill Knight. Well, you wrote it and that was the mm. soundtrack to the book. Don't yes. You Dare. Yeah. And that, that show, if you that were to talk awesome. about, about love. I mean, that, you know, that was a forbidden love that happened a hundred years ago. Um, you know, Gayla Turner found a box of photos that showed her grandmother and another woman in the love story and a bunch of other people that were around them that were also LGBTQ. And it was very dangerous at time at that time to have that kind of love for people and, and, you know, live it. So it was very risky, you know, for them to take those photos. And uh, so the song is really about, you know, daring, daring to love someone. And I love the way Jill sang it and you know, her guitar work on it. And, and uh, so. That, um, it's, it, I love that. It came out so good. I think it's one of my favorites that you've written. You know, I just, thank you. It, yeah. yeah, it just sinks right in. I mean, it's, and then you think about, you know, even when it when it's, you know, I, I talked about unrequited love, right? And then at the same time, mm-hmm. there's love where, you know, now you have to go through those boundaries, society's stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I, see how I watched my language there? I was good. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, so then it's like that's an mm-hmm. additional stress because hooking up with someone, that's mm-hmm. a stressful thing, man. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. I have to get my hair cut now. You know, 
<laughs> you know, it's like all of a sudden your life changes and it, and, and romance and love, even if you're wanting to be on the dating scene and, and you want the big hookup, right? That's still, mm-hmm. it's still stressful, man. The whole thing is stressful. Oh, yeah. And, but then yeah, when it's right sure. and it gets there, it's like, oh, that's cool. I can breathe in and, and breathe out and lean in lean out mm-hmm. you know but um and then to make it endure over time oh man like yeah. it's a lot you know that's a lot my mm-hmm. little marriage stint was like oh hell no we're not doing it no <laughs> like i thought it was all cool and then i was like oh hell no uh that will be the end of that but like it's still i knew how i feel and i think it's so long as you feel you know yeah, I have another friend who had a very short marriage like that, and she says kind of the same things that that their initial attraction to each other was just so powerful that they just went for it, and then they started learning all these other things about each other, and and same kind of thing. Their lives just they realized that they wanted to go different directions, and they hadn't really worked through all yeah. that stuff, you know. And yeah. so they had to, you know, try to like I'm not going to fund him. Yeah. And and his cigarettes mm, yeah. and all that. Nope. Sam mm, Cook. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it on home. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I love you know, Sam Cook had that voice, man. Ooh. Oh, Sam yeah. Cook. Yep. Yep. We used to sing Bring It On Home Bring uh Bring Your Sweet Love and Home to Me. We used to sing that in our in our band. Mm-hmm. That was one of our covers. Yeah, the voice and he knew how to use it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but and well, he had a lot of lady friends too. No kidding <clears> around. <throat> yeah. I mean, his death yeah. is still weird. We had his, his daughter on the show a few years back, about three, it was during COVID, I think. Oh, and, wow. um, or right before, maybe 2019, mm-hmm. 2020. Carla. Oh my gosh. Can she sing like him? And wow. she really tributes his, her dad, you know, um, obviously mm-hmm. his life was cut short soon, but, and that's a whole lot. I mean, I didn't go there with her on the interview because, you know, that's not necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, mm. it's just, it's, mm-mm. but like he was with some lady friend at some time and somebody was jealous. There was something going on in the hotel or I don't know, but he was a naughty boy. He was a naughty boy. He mm. loved his ladies. He's definitely, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do want to bring this up that today's airing the show date is actually on Liberace's birthday. Can I just bring that up? <laughs> like we got to give a shout out yeah, to him yeah. and he glitters. Yeah. Like he is the, can I just, I want to call him Glitterati. It's like, Liberace, come on, but was he not amazing? His piano, yeah. like, come on, he was. He, I mean, he's an icon in history. I yeah, don't so, know anybody <clears throat> doesn't know who he is. Well, maybe the younger oh, yeah. generation. Yeah. But, <clears throat> I mean, <throat> growing up, I knew all about it. Like, Nancy always had him playing, and you know what I mean? He's just, he was amazing, you know? He performed at Magic Mountain when I was in high school, and my dad took me there. And uh, I remember that was when I knew I was gay, but <clears throat> really, um, wow, it really freaked me out. So I hadn't told anyone. And so just seeing him being so flamboyant, <clears throat> sorry, I have a frog in my throat, <laughs> um, really threw me. And um, I just remember being uncomfortable and yet fascinated at the same time. <laughs> Wow. Wow. <clears throat> you know, because, um, yeah, he was, he was very much just himself, you know. Um, and he's from Wisconsin. Yeah. Speaking of gay in Wisconsin, 
Mm-hmm. Hello. Mm-hmm. I wonder, like, what was going on? It was all cold. Everybody's like, hey, we're, we're not mm-hmm. going to, you know, not have some warmth and cuddles. <laughs> Come on. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, you know, obviously he went to Palm Springs. He wanted warmth. But, I mean, I think he had this, well, definitely flamboyance, right? But just even mm-hmm. having the chutzpah to do what he did and how he performed and how he just went for it. I think there's something to really just tip a hat to him in that way of just putting on a show, you know? I wonder if he watched Victor Borg, you know? Victor Borg was like that too, you know, put on a show. Interesting because, absolutely, and I think, Sometimes I wonder if Elton John took a little bit of a cue from Liberace because I think there so. was some of that showmanship, you know, in Elton John as well, you know. And uh, I've always wondered about that, that if he, you know, if he sort of at least got some permission, you know, in, you know, subconsciously to be able to just kind of be out there and, you know, be his own, do his thing, and, you know. Yeah, um, and then, yeah, uh, well, yeah, with the sunglasses. Remember all the glasses and sunglasses? Mm-hmm, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the, the sequin capes and all that stuff. So, yeah. Well, one yeah. torch passes to the next, right? It's like, it's yeah. like an mm-hmm. allowance. And it's almost mm-hmm. like if you have that in you to do it and you don't do it, it's almost rude to not follow it. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? It's like if that is, when you know deep down you're supposed to do that, yeah. You know, I think you should. It's important, you know, yeah. and, and it, it, I, I really agree with you about Liberace and Elton John. I never thought of the two of them, but, but yeah, it makes a hundred percent sense. Like, duh. Yeah. yeah I, mean, you know I, what I, mean? I don't know, but it, I, I'm just, I've always been curious about that. It's, you know, like if, if at least on some level, Elton John felt more permission, you know, to do that because, you know, I think great artists pave the way for other people and they, when they break a boundary, then, then it, it, it gives permission to others to do it and it makes them feel more free to do it. And then they, and then they take it to the next level. And, you know, um, I think that's a lot of what, cause even, even Elvis was a big showman that way too. Yeah. Very, well, I was going to say Liberace, Liberace died on the February 4th. He wasn't born on February 4th. And I was just oh, okay. checking myself, mm-hmm. but you think mm-hmm. he died in 87. So you think about when, you know, yeah. yeah, Elton John got big. It makes sense what you're saying, yeah. the timing. And even yeah. when you think about Freddie Mercury, right? Look at what he did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. God, I just, that was a showmanship. But then, you know, I also think about the 60s and 70s, about showmanship, about like how you dress, how you, mm-hmm. the moves you do, you know, and I think that's still mm-hmm. a huge part of pop music now. I mean, all oh, yeah. of that is still mm-hmm. there. Like, look at Beyonce and mm-hmm. Lady Gaga and all that and Pink and all the yeah. antics they do. It's more mm-hmm. than standing up and singing. Hell no, that's not mm-hmm. happening with me. But um, I'll fall down. <laughs> and <it's, laughs> But honestly, there's something about putting on a show. And yeah. I know they do these big, huge shows like Taylor Swift and all of that. They do these huge, huge shows. But sometimes mm-hmm. I just feel like, can't we just be able to do something as a really good show, but minimalist, you know? Um, yeah. Some of my favorite concerts have just been like really intimate. You know, it's just the person on the stage or at a piano or with a guitar 
and those those really intimate moments. But you know, those other the big shows are really fun too. You know, that's mm-hmm. just part of the the vast you know it's array awful. of things that you know music can do. You know, yeah, yeah, all it's of all it's fun. good. Yeah. But you know, on a romantic yeah. date, you go and there's like a um a piano player in the restaurant, and it's like for me, I. To me, there's no such thing as background music, ever. Like, I can't. Oh, me too, yeah. (laughs) I can't just let it be. And I know the musicians are being paid to do that, but I always want to go up Mm -hmm. and say thank you or, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. tip and everything, but even that's weird. I just, like, come on, like, you know, it's the background Oh, yeah, a friend of mine did a show at a very posh club and it was really expensive. It was a dinner show and people were talking so loud. I had to really strain to hear him. And I just, I don't understand why would you pay that kind of money to go to hear someone perform? And then you don't, you, you ignore them. Basically it, it was bizarre. Uh, Hi, you know, uh, that Joey, you know, Joey Stuckey, you, you both have been on shows yeah. together and met each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I love that you guys come on shows and then you meet each other and we don't, we haven't even met yeah. either one of you in person yet, but you guys meet. That's <laughs> yeah. cool. Just a yeah. little jealous yeah. of each other, but um, <laughs> he, he went to see Jason Bonham. Now it was Jason Bonham, you know, uh, John Bonham's son. And we actually interviewed Deborah Bonham on the show uh, and she's a hell of a blues singer, man. You know, so oh, wow. going from that Led, ex- Led Zeppelin experience that uh, Jason's doing, and he went to the show and mm-hmm. he said, you know, it sucked. Everyone was just loud drunks, you know, and it ruined the show. And, and our friends, Steve and Karen, um, out in Asheville, we do a show with them. They have the line on the Rosebud and Breakfast. They're always touring and they love heavy metal and hard rock and everything. And, you know, every time we talk about Asheville, I say, what about Warren Haynes? You know, he he's from there and he does like a christmas concert christmas jam every year and brings you know all these amazing musicians on stage and they raise money for like habitat for humanity and stuff right and i keep telling mm-hmm. him like you know this allman brothers government mule like this is you know good stuff and he's a good guy you know they mm-hmm. go and i'm getting it i get a text like you didn't tell me there was going to be a bunch of drunks bashing into us and almost getting us in a drunk ball brawl over this guy and i'm mm-hmm. like what you guys go to all these metal shows and this doesn't happen. But this happens mm-hmm. on a Christmas show of like one of the coolest chilled out guys, but it's about the audience becoming so lit. Like, you know, that's mm-hmm. a sad thing. You know, I know that there's mm-hmm. um concert and places for that and, and, you know, mosh pits mm-hmm. and I'm all for it. Do, yeah. what, do what you want to do. But like, Mm-hmm. you know to go see like one of your favorite ba- like nancy and i we went to see three dog night and um oh three dog night and the other ones they'd sing spinning wheel oh i really love their voices oh, um, yeah. yeah blood sweat and tears right uh, mm-hmm. on one billing and it was at a casino wow. and huh. i think they only mm-hmm. had one or two living members left you know the original band for each band but like i grew up on this music because of nancy and everything and like you're all like they expect you to just sit you're not allowed to move so it's a weird thing Mm -hmm. about live music now and it's like you should be able to feel or like that kind of music you shouldn't be like strapped into your seat with a seat belt you know 
So it's weird. Yeah, I, you know, I, I go back and forth about that because I, I, my main thing is I'm sensitive to short for, to short people because, like, you know, I, I have several friends that are short, and when I go to concerts like where you're supposed to stand the whole time, they can't see anything. Oh yeah, and and, uh, and it, I, I feel bad for them. You know, it's like and we try to find we try to move to a place where they can see, and then somebody comes and gets right in front of us and doesn't even notice that there's someone short behind them. They don't care. And, and, uh, so while I, I'm, I'm five eleven, so I can generally see, okay, but I'm just really conscious of that. You can just see in their face, like, you know, they're trying to get into it, but they can't see. And, and then, uh, also like I have friends who just got back from a big mu- three day music festival where it was like 12 hours of music each day. Mm, and they were nice. expected to stand the whole time. And my friend has back issues and she's all, it, I, I couldn't, I had to sit down and just listen for part of the time right. because I couldn't stand that long. But, but I also get what you're saying, you know, that, you know, it's hard to be constrained and just sit there. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon with, with that. You know, I think it helps if the stage is really elevated to where if everyone's standing, you can still see. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's a way to do it. And also, not everybody in that typical row fashion. Like, can we have tables for cocktails and stuff? Like, in, you mm-hmm. know, like spread it out right. a little bit so it feels yeah. good. Yeah. You know, I'll pay a few mm-hmm. more bucks for that. You know, well, we did mm-hmm. this um, blues festival I was talking about. It was fantastic in Greeley, Colorado, and Larkin and Poe and all these watermelon slim and Shamika Copeland were all performing. And we were there to film and photograph this. Mm-hmm. And man, mm-hmm. I had to fight off people with their cell phones that weren't doing it for media purposes, man. And mm. I just was like, holy cow. It was like a fight. And I've done festival stuff and, and like that, you know, over the years and band photography and everything. And man, these people were crazy. I still got good stuff, but it, but I yeah. eventually had to become rude. And I was like, this isn't mm, my yeah. personality. Like, I have that mm-hmm. side of me for sure. But, like, mm-hmm. this isn't me, you know. Like, I want everyone yeah. to have a no, good time, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Chawa was there. That's what I love, Chawa. And it was um, the mm-hmm. day after Dr. Um, John had died. And they brought uh-huh. him out as a mentor. It was a big deal. And just people yeah. were like, it's... The way you're clambering on the stage, you're, you're not going to get a good photo with what you're doing. Like, I'm going, what, what are you doing? You know, so it was more about the selfie thing versus actually hearing the music. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I think a romantic night, like, I'm not as well, actually, the blues to me, I don't, it's all good to me. That's romantic mm-hmm. enough for me, quite frankly. It's sexy. The blues <laughs> get sexy. But, <laughs> honestly when you go out like say you go for a romantic meal and you have music and you have like a show i think it's really nice if it's kind of like how you would watch a comedian not in the row seating though like if you could have like light mm-hmm. dinner and be able to be able to see the performance and you know maybe it's not as rocking but i'm i'm in that zone i'll do it i'll do mm-hmm. a little bit of all of it um mm-hmm. but wouldn't that be nice where you can actually hear the musicians i think the venues who make a ton off see i watched my language there again ton off of musicians Mm -hmm. should (laughs) get better at how they set up their 
acoustics and seating and sound. Those mm-hmm. things to me, yeah. I think that a lot of clubs are not doing as good a job as they should. There's a lot that really do well. And so, and they become the icon places, you know, like when we were in San Diego, we went to the belly up and belly up tavern was one of the best, you know, sound wise. We saw John Mayo there and, and, you know, it didn't matter where you went in mm-hmm. that room, you heard him and saw him and it didn't matter how mm-hmm. loud the audience got, you know? Yeah. But maybe okay. that's just a long time ago. I don't know. But uh-huh. I think if, if the venues got better since they take a lot of that money and get the drink money, don't you think they should do a better job at times? I don't want to put you on the spot because oh, yeah, no. I, but... I mean, to me, when you have a, a facility like that, it should be a big part of it should be the, the experience of the customers. And I think a lot of them just try to maximize profit and just think, well, People just have to deal with whatever they whatever they come up with, and I th- I think a more uh, a, a much you know more interesting and much better approach is to really put yourself in the in the shoes of the people who are coming into your place and try to make it as great an experience as you can because they're going to come back for other ones and you know and the, and the place will be known as a place where you can really have a great a great time hearing music that you love. So yeah, I, I think. You know, you're you're definitely right that you know it's it's they should you know, good yeah. good businesses. I think always try to try to analyze how they can can you know make make the people that whatever it is that whatever service or whatever they're providing is the best experience for people because because really a, a lot of what we do is is experience you know, experiential and we're trying to just have the best experiences we can. Yeah, I think it's really the bar scene is the worst, you know, at Mm -hmm. times. But uh, some of my favorite bands I've seen there, you know. But I Mm -hmm. think it's it it is about um, actually understanding, like you're saying, if you're you're trying to give an experience, and it shouldn't just be an Mm -hmm. add-on. I think it's about having. We we turn down gigs in places as a Mm -hmm. band because if the acoustic Mm -hmm. wasn't good, we were just not going to have a good night. You're not going to have a good show. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you do. It's just going to sound bad as a band. If, you know, the building is, you know, if you have a building and you put your stage in a bad area, well, rethink it or put in some, you know, some padding and stuff to help it. You know, there's ways Mm -hmm. to fix a, to fix a room. Maybe I don't know that part of it, but we actually got to a point where we're like, you know what? We're just, I mean, I remember like literally losing my voice over having to rise over the sound. And then I learned that was not mm-hmm. a good way to treat your voice, you know. Yeah. But I can. Yeah, I did a, a loud noise. I, <laughs> I, I, I had a gig last night at a cabaret concert, and mm-hmm. um, I, I got a little nervous at the beginning because the room was just really rowdy and you know very noisy. People sort of paying attention and sort of not, and and then I got up to do a couple songs and. Uh, it quieted down right away. So I was like, yes, oh. <laughs> like, this is yes. nice. So yeah. uh, it doesn't always go that way, but whatever, for whatever reason, last night it worked for me. So that was, it's always a good feeling, that, you know. That's that thing, that butterfly thing. You just don't know. You mm-hmm. can do your best, but if it's like rowdy, mm-hmm. how do you get across, like without blowing your yeah. pipes, you know? There's ways mm-hmm. to do it. I mean, as a singer, but there's a line as well. And, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, just that's, but you get the butterflies just like a first date, right? It's like, you don't know mm-hmm. yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's music for yeah. that too. There's music for love. There's all kinds of songs. It's <laughs> Valentine's month. It's heart month. And I think it's that yep. interesting month where we're getting out of the cold, but it's still, you know, fireplace magic. There's still the romance, you know, I'm just saying. There's, mm-hmm. I, I've thought of so many songs since you've been on the show. It's ridiculous. Like, there's no way. How do we do this playlist of love songs? That's insane. <laughs> I was thinking about Sarah McLaughlin. What about her? Voice? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And she's back out on tour well, there's, again. Which there's is a reason that they use one of her songs in that commercial where they're trying to tug at the heartstrings about animals, right? Because it's such yeah. a powerful song, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's, yeah, you're right. You've got a lot of good stuff. Peter Gabriel, Alanis Morissette, Kenny Edwards, Elton John. Hey, listen, I want to, you do your song. That's really good. Um, uh, when he did that for Lady Die too, that was amazing. And he changed that out. Yeah. And then, and yeah. but what about Tiny Dancer? Come on, that's a big. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You got beast. You still and, might uh, be it's a, sacri- a sacrifice too. It's no sacrifice. That's a. Oh yeah, those, yeah, yeah. The I lyrics, remember that. The lyrics of that song are beautiful. Yeah. Mm. I remember. Yeah. I guess that's why they call it the blues. That's when I was a kid. Yeah. When it came out. That was a mm-hmm. good one. Yeah. You got the weepies. Yeah. My be my honey pie, Billy yeah, Joel. That's yeah, a fun my, one. Billy Joel, <laughs> mm, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, yeah. That's Nancy's dude. Yeah, she bought me his mm-hmm. albums just so that she could have them. It's like here, I got you another Bruce Springsteen album. I'm like there you go, mom. You can have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tunnel yeah. of Love was was fantastic. Did Did you see that movie that was out a few years ago? I don't remember what it was called, but. I want to say it was a, a kid in India, maybe, that was a big Bruce Springsteen fan. And it's a really great movie. Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to remember what it was, but it was really cool. And it, it, it um, uh, uh, some friends that, that went with me to see it said, you know what? I wasn't really into Bruce Springsteen, but now after seeing this movie, I, I kind of like him. <laughs> They kind of went and you know checked out more of his stuff. He's just blinded by the light. Love was it was it? Yes, yeah. There you go. Yeah, and that's one of his yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's a it's a really great movie. And um, and Tunnel of Love just uh, you know, talk about really powerful love songs. I mean, that song itself, Tunnel of Love, you know, using that analogy of a of a amusement park ride, you know, to um. Uh, to sort of represent a re- the flow of a relationship is brilliant. It's just uh, that was a brilliant album. I, now you've got you know, me. Really, you uh, know the tunnel of love. I know it has nothing to do with it, but for some reason it takes me to Dire Straits. Which I love oh, Mark Knopfler, yeah. and they did yeah, a yeah, really oh, yeah, good. Yeah. And he did mm-hmm. an amazing album with uh, Emmy Lou Harris. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's like this really cool. Cause yeah. he got so into Americana, like with Chad Atkins yeah. and stuff, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh, um, yeah. yep. but he had this, this way of just this allowing something to like a sound to just carry and slow down mm-hmm. so that you could mm-hmm. just let things sink in and feel like he, I, I, I really don't under- know how to ex- explain what I'm saying, but, like just the way he plays, I think he's one of the best guitarists ever. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just because of those, those just 
and he could do signatures like riffs and all that stuff that we all know and love, mm-hmm. but just the way he played I and mean, he'd be really fast and everything, but he had these ways of just carrying a note and letting it sit for dynamics. Yeah. He's, I think one of the best, most dynamic guitars, you know, and, oh, my and friend then, Chad Ellis is a, a guitar player, and he named his cat Knopfler. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. I, yeah. yeah, see? But that's it. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is about whatever makes you feel, you know? And now I'm mm-hmm. going to go listen to yeah. music for the rest of the day. Um, I'll be putting this playlist <laughs> together. So all yes. this fun with you, Johnny. Um, everyone here, johnny.com. Yes. Check out his website. Anything coming up before we go that we should know about? Yes, I do have, uh, I'm going to be dropping a couple songs soon. Um, probably, well, I, I have a really cool uh, guest artist on one of my songs, but I don't, I just want to make sure it's going to happen, so I don't think I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> but on the next, on the next, the next time I'm on, I'll for sure, you know, well, I, by that time, I think it'll be coming out. So uh, we can talk about it next time. But yeah, I, I have a couple of songs coming out very soon. And, uh, yeah, and if you get a chance to check out just too many people, you know, and the other, the other tunes on Whenever I Call You Friend and stuff on Melissa's album, she's got a duet with Dolly Parton coming out at the end of February for, uh, Mid- they read Midnight Blue. Oh, cool. And, uh, it's a, it's Melissa and Dolly. And that's the, the album review that I was talking about is going to come out, um, right at the same time as the, as the Dolly single brought, drops. So cool. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, one of the best ways people can keep up with you is on Facebook, you're on Instagram, YouTube, and then uh, obviously TikTok. listen on Spotify and all that. TikTok, you're on TikTok mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Yes, TikTok, TikTok, you don't stop. Um, <laughs> and then also on the website is to get your newsletter. That's a, I think newsletters are one of the coolest ways because Social media, you can miss things, you know. So I like newsletters when you, and, and you write it, you always write a nice story and, and, you know, it's like a personal note from Johnny, you know, that's, it's, you know, it's cool. So and I think you get that's a free download when you sign, you get a free download when you sign up for my newsletter. So. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, yeah. thanks so much, Johnny. And listen, have a wonderful Valentine's Day. Happy February you to too. you, Paco. And we'll talk yes. in March. We'll Thank be you. getting ready for spring. Ooh. Awesome. Yeah. Say hi to Nancy. I will. She says hi. And everyone, she says hi to you, too. She'll be back soon. She'll be back soon. Nancy just did some ice skating, literally. Uh, But she'll (laughs) be back soon. All right. Everyone, you take care. Thanks for joining us. And keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com. Bye. Thank you for listening to Big Blend Radio. Keep up with our shows at BigBlendRadio.com.